Welcome back to Renewal. I'm still Joanne Anderson and I'm still your host for this, the podcast of St. Francis Center for Renewal. I'm joined today by Maureen DeBellis. Maureen is a spiritual director, mentor, and teacher of heart rhythm meditation, as well as a retreat guide for the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. Today we're going to be focusing on her work in heart rhythm meditation. Welcome, Maureen. Thank you for taking the time to be with us again today. Maureen was just here a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. did a Saturday afternoon program for us on, um, on heart rhythm meditation. Thanks so much, Maureen. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. I'm going to jump right in mm-hmm. and ask you to tell us what heart rhythm meditation is. Uh, I've actually been thinking about this question. You know, since you sent it, trying to describe in as few words as possible what this is. Um, I think it might be helpful to understand that prior to perhaps 2,000 years ago, meditation was in the form of upward, uh, transcendental, going out of the body. Uh, life on earth was tough, and so people did upward forms. Uh, they would hold their breath. Um, And so this form of meditation invites a downward flow. A downward flow makes it very embodied. And then more specifically, it becomes heart-centered. Heart-centered meditation goes uh, in line with the Christian mystics, the desert mothers and fathers. They used uh, the prayer of the heart, it was called. Um, Also the Eastern yogis. And so this is a combination of the Eastern and Western and then pulls in the best of modern science. So the science takes what can now be measured and says, when you breathe in such a way, uh, it makes the results repeatable. And this is important, particularly with um, the advances that we have that say the nervous system is really important. We're back to the body, the downward flow, You want to do practices that help strengthen the nervous system. And this is something that uh, heart rhythm does that. And when you speak of measurements, what exactly are we measuring when we are Um, practicing heart rhythm? Great question. Uh, Vital oxygen, uh, vital lung capacity, if you will. There are specific tools that we use. Um, When we go through the training, we actually meet. Our classes are all online every Saturday, students from all over the world. But two weeks each summer we meet all together and have our oxygen levels tested. Um, We have to measure uh, through, the name of the instrument is escaping me, but we have to do, see how many how much capacity we can take in on the inhale and how strong our exhalation is. And when you say we meet, um, how many of you meet? How many are in this group? So my class had 20, 25. It's just one class. And that, well, that we were in the first year, in the first year, and then there's a class that was ahead of us. And then we become year two and a new class enters in. And so all of those classes, the 40 or 50 of us, plus our teachers come and meet for two weeks in the desert. 
in the actual desert, in not, desert. not in the Tucson. <laughs> in Tucson, at a well, retreat center in Tucson. Um, and that alone takes a discipline, I found right away. Um, this is moving away from your question, but the no American students were not used to taking two weeks off. And the students who came from Asia and from Europe were like, oh yeah, this is part of our everyday rhythm. We, yeah. we take longer amounts of time off. We don't know what to do with two weeks stretched we together. And it was difficult. We all had to argue with our jobs and our bosses and our families, and it took a lot of energy to set a new course of action for ourselves, mm -hmm. if you will. How did you come to find this particular type of meditation? Mm -hmm. And more importantly, what drew you to this particular type of meditation? There's a lot of different ways to meditate out there. Yeah. Uh, so first I didn't really know anything about meditation. I used that term loosely. I think like a lot of people, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, I meditate. And, um, you know, I think for me, when I entered into meditation, I was thinking meditation would help me unplug from life. It would help me <laughs> uh, stop thinking about life, if you will. And so I, I found this group my last semester of seminary. I had um, decided to become a spiritual director, I had a really strong calling into it, actually, enough to stop everything and go get a four-year degree. I didn't have an undergrad, so I went and got my undergrad as an adult, you know, a woman in my 40s. Um, and then I looked for a place, I went to seminary, and my last semester of seminary, just as my cohort would be leaving, my life was falling apart. And uh, someone came in, a speaker, we had a speaker come in, and she mentioned, uh, that her sister taught meditation. And so I ended up in this group uh, more for my own sanity and thought, okay, this will help me escape life. <laughs> and nothing could be further from the truth. Um, it's a small group. I think there were three people, myself, three people and the facilitator in that first group. And it was so powerful. And I kept thinking, oh my gosh, the, the scripture was flowing in um, from the way to Emmaus, where are hearts not burning within us? And I, I'm thinking, yes, yes, mine is. What is going on here? I've, I've never experienced uh, myself, my heart in such a way. And I was hooked. I went every Saturday, religiously, for the next year and a half. Wow. Um, and the form of meditation this person taught was heart rhythm. And I, I went with such this, it like opened a world of curiosity uh, in a way that I had not known before. So you, you touched on that you were looking to, to escape, looking to, and we're, aren't we all trying to do that, particularly as women mm -hmm. in our 40s, 50s, 60s, you were trying to get away, get away from everything. Um, and I, I know from my time with you a couple Saturdays ago that this particular type of meditation takes you so far in <laughs> maybe a little scary for some of us to, mm -hmm. to think about heading that far into life. Right. Can you speak to that for a moment or two? Sure. Um, well, A, it's really neat to hear that you went in that deep <laughs> with the meditation. Uh, group work can be like that. That's the power of a group. 
Um, the, there's an energy that can develop when a group of people sit down to meditate together, especially using the power of the heart. The heart is very powerful. It digests all of life. And so um, one of the things I found with the heart, this particular form of meditation, is that when you give attention to your heart, it responds. And so when you gave attention to your heart on, you know, a few Saturdays ago, it responded, it took you in, but you always have control of how far you want to go. We don't lose consciousness, we bring consciousness in. And so it doesn't ask us to escape anything, it asks us to recognize what's going on within you. Uh, a deeper and ever more present ways. I think that's the best way to describe it. For some, it will be an emotional experience. You know, they'll touch upon perhaps a tender moment in their heart that they didn't realize was there. Um, but the heart brings us to a depth that the heart can hold. And it will be different than what the mind says. Hmm. And so you were ready. You had a, a readiness a few Saturdays ago <laughs> that said, I, I'm ready to see whatever this is that is being shown. I think a lot of people, a lot of people are ready. A lot of people are feeling that in their lives these days. I think that's the call. Mm -hmm. I we, agree. We need your greatness. I agree. Um, you meditate every day, Maureen? I do. How many times a day? Well, religiously, one. Every morning, without. My day cannot start until I sit to meditate, to take that pause. I, I crave it now. I have. Um, I actually started with centering prayer. It was a long time centering prayer. And then when I found this particular form of meditation, I, I haven't gone back. This, this is the form that um, I use. And then I sometimes will do evening practices, but it is much more difficult for me to meditate in the evening. As soon as I close my eyes, I do want to go to sleep. I feel that way in the evening too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not uncommon. And so my meditations in the evening are short and specifically to help integrate my day. It's like and, an examine. And to speak, to speak to the length, when you meditate in the morning, how long do you meditate for? So I save 90 minutes in the morning. And in that, in that time, there are certain things that I do. Like I, I want to have my cup of coffee. So I get my coffee and I sit down and um, just light a candle. And there's maybe some holy reading, um, scripture or a book of poetry I have. Maybe there's just some reading that I was interested in but couldn't comprehend at night, you know, because out of tiredness, you know, at the end of the day. So I probably spend a half an hour settling myself in and then I make that commitment to spend the next hour uh, meditating. An hour? Yeah, so there are, in Heart Rhythm, there are practices. I have a mentor, uh, somebody who's farther along the way than I am. And um, we look at some of our pressing needs. You know, what is the pressing need in my life at this time? And so I have specific practices given to me by another to help bring about um, a sense of accomplishment, if you will. You know, we, we know the story where we always want to uh, fix pr 
problems using the same resources or the same way. And so in heart rhythm, they're bringing about your weaker um, sense. I'm not quite sure of the right word, but they bring about latent uh, qualities of God, if you will. Understanding that, wow, if, you, if you're really taking action here, you may need to surrender here. You know, you may need one of the quality of God, maybe compassion or mercy or strength or power. What's well, and just, just to further prove that I was paying attention those two Saturdays or three Saturdays ago, something else that you said um, that day has stuck with me almost every day since then, and that is if you are going to add something to your life, something has to go. Mm. We, we have a finite amount of time in every day, and so in order to add something, you have to make a decision about what, what's going to leave, what, yeah. you're, what you're going to put by the wayside. And um, I've chosen the morning news to put by the wayside, mm -hmm. so I thank you for that morning. <laughs> yeah. It's a gift I'm sure you were not aware that you were giving on yeah. that day. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but, but that's true. Um, and I, and I, what resonates with me is what you just said about, um, about God, too, about taking new, taking new things in um, from a spiritual sense as well. Yeah, it keeps us very narrow if we only rely on what we know. Right. And so it can be rather abstract to say, well, rely on God. And so we give all the responsibility back to God when God's saying, no, look, look within you and find the quality that needs strengthening. And then you need to work that muscle. And so for me, power wasn't a real big thing. I would so easily just say, no, you do it. <laughs> or leadership skills, and this is not uncommon in, in women. Mm -hmm. um, and so circumstances kept dictating, like, well, you'll have to stand up, you'll have to speak up, you'll have to talk in front of people. Like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> and so it, but is, there is a sense of accomplishment that's built in. You know, I bring my fear into the meditation. It's not asking me to negate anything or to um, unplug. Like my thought was, I'll just meditate and I won't have to feel any of the fear I feel. And instead, Heart Rhythm said, let's strengthen your capacity to hold the fear and you can get a sense of accomplishment of what it might be like to hold the fear and hold the courage at the same time. Powerful stuff. It was powerful stuff. Still is. It's very, very. Uh, it's very interior. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know you. You teach mm -hmm. heart rhythm. I do. Um, what is that process like? How long is the process? Someone comes to you and says, "Maureen, I know you teach heart rhythm. Teach me." Mm. So. So when I teach, I teach for heart rhythm. So let's they run their classes. They have a two-year program and. They run their classes in nine-week cycles, and so they have pairs of teachers. And so, um, uh, depending on what class I'm teaching, I'll teach for this nine-week cycle, which there's some time at the, even prior to that, and there's time after as students are still posting. So maybe it runs 12 weeks. Um, so there's a 12-week there's a cycle there, say. Individuals that come, you can learn the basics. 
in a day. You can learn the basics in a, in a sitting. The thing about meditation though is, or in this particular form, is there are layers. And you're bringing your state of realization, your state of consciousness into it. And so these basic practices suddenly blossom with new understanding when we have that nervous system to hold it. There's that, you know, consciousness rides in the body. We want to think greater consciousness, which is our, just our mind, but we have a whole uh, body that has to hold it. And so as our nervous system um, calms and heals, we can hold more of that consciousness and we go back to these basic practices and think, how did I miss that? There's another layer, another facet that opens up. And so the short answer is you can learn it in a, in a session. And the long answer, uh, you know, uh, the long-term answer is it can take 10 years. I was just thinking 10 years. Yes. yes. <laughs> Maybe I just put that out there and yeah. you, you got it from me. So, but that was exactly what I was thinking. One day or 10 years. Um, Maureen is going to lead us in a short Mm-hmm. for a short five minutes or so uh, meditation. So I invite you, if you're listening, to listen a little bit more carefully and follow along and um, enjoy the next five minutes. Yeah, great, wonderful. So It's all you. Okay. So in this uh, particular form of meditation, posture, we sit in a chair, an upright position. Our feet are on the floor because we want to be grounded. And your shoulders are back, and we push our hearts forward. When we move our shoulders back, we expose our hearts. And so already, this posture is inviting vulnerability. And that can feel scary. And so I invite you to notice if there is any emotion that you may be feeling that your body uh, wants to attend to. That's why we say in these basic practices, there can be a lot in them. Simply sitting in this manner and moving our hearts forward. And our spines are straight because there is an energy that moves up and down our spine. Our spines serve as an antenna, if you will. I find that when I'm thinking of heart rhythm meditation, I put my hand to my heart but you can lay your, palm, your palms up or down on your thighs. Posture is one of our six basic powers. And by that I mean when we sit in a posture that is regal and vulnerable, um, it helps make this form of meditation successful. And so the first step, this basic step, is just getting used to what it is like to sit in this way. And you want a posture that will sustain you for 10, 20 minutes. We're doing five minutes here, but ideally you would want a posture that allowed, you know, for 20 minutes. So notice if your head is balanced on your neck. You can do that by tilting your head a little to the left or to the right, and you'll find your whole body tilts if it's off-center. Mm-hmm. 
your body wants to move, and so it is a discipline to invite it into stillness. And again, this very simple practice of posture, when your body moves, can you come back and treat your body with the understanding that you know it wants to move, but can we hold still for a certain amount of time? And when it acts up, again, can you treat yourself with kindness, with tenderness, the way you might want to be treated? The next step in heart rhythm is to make the breath conscious. Our breath is done for us. It's not something we have to think about. And so making the breath conscious, shifting it from an unconscious act, something done for us, to something that we are actively participating in. And this is important because all too often we hear, ah, well, just do this or do bigger things or greater things. Take on more responsibility. The smallest responsibility we can do is be responsible for our own breath. We can't make external changes until we do the internal ones. You know, as a person that uh, grew up highly anxious, it means I was always breathing in an anxious way. And so that is the energy that I would bring to a situation, into a relationship. And that's what I mean by I am responsible for the quality of my breath, for how I am breathing. And so being aware of that is the first step. And when we make our breath conscious, we start to realize that we have preferences patterns that have been embedded since childhood. Are you breathing in through your nose or out through your nose? Do you breathe in through your mouth, out through your mouth? What is your preference? So again, this is a kind of self-knowledge. There isn't a right or wrong answer. But we want to make sure that we are using the breath style, the inhalation, exhalation, that can get a particular job done. You don't want to use an anxious breath one that's breathing in and out fast through the mouth when you're trying to calm yourself 
or trying to calm a sleeping child or a, a tired child. So notice if you're breathing in now, breathing out now. Where in the breath cycle are you? You're really drawing your attention to your breath. You may find that you favor the inhalation or the exhalation. One is typically longer than the other. The exhalation specialist can breathe out forever and we'll take a quick sip of air. The inhalation specialist will breathe in forever. Long cycle. And their exhalation will be very short, rushed. So in heart rhythm, we invite a more balanced breath. And we do that by engaging the stomach muscles. On your inhalation, you fill your belly up like a balloon. And on your exhalation, you pull your belly back towards your spine. We're not typically taught to breathe this way. And the reason we do this on the exhalation when we use our stomach muscles, we press on the diaphragm and that gives a greater exhalation. And the stronger the exhale, the stronger the inhale can be. So depending on your specialty, you're inviting the breath to be a little bit deeper, wider, If you are the exhalation specialist, you're giving yourself the power to have a greater inhale. And if you're the inhalation specialist, using your belly muscles helps give you a more powerful exhale. further step on the way, but one that is important to know, is we would be then, after we had these basic practices, we'd be looking for our heartbeat, our heartbeat or our pulse. The pulse is the echo of the heartbeat. And it can show up anywhere in the body. Where it shows up is important. You might find the pulse beating in your temples or in your neck, your feet, hands. But the body serves as a map. It has information. But finding the heartbeat can take some time. It can take months before you find it. For 
for others. Um, if you're a runner, you might find your heartbeat sooner. But until you find the heartbeat, that this wouldn't go any further on these practices. So to go back to Joanne's question, how long until you find your heartbeat? So I invite you to take another breath. Deep inhale, deep exhale, and then wiggle your fingers and your toes. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank a little you. bit of refreshment at the end of a long day. Mm. Appreciate it a lot. Um, before we go, I have one, one more question for you. Mm -hmm. Outside of meditation, mm -hmm. um, what, what does Maureen do to renew herself? I, I know you're in the business of helping others renew themselves through your spiritual direction and your meditation, but what do you do for yourself to renew yourself? Walk outside. Uh, walk outside, being in nature, and I hold a large block of time every weekend for myself, unscheduled, no phone, Un unplug from electronics so I can plug in to the beat of my own heart and some solitude. That's actually what I do for myself. Good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for sharing all of this. Um, very interesting and good information, but also really moving, really, and mm. don't think it's just me. Um, I find it to be really uh, fascinating and a really deep, deep spiritual practice. Um, I hope if you're listening, you'll uh, listen not just to this, this on our website, this podcast on our website, but you'll look on our website for uh, some future endeavors that we are planning with Maureen. She's graciously agreed to return to the retreat center and um, take these take these little classes a little bit further for us and uh, for anyone who would like to join us. Um, my apologies for the slow speech, but I'm a little transfixed right now from meditation. <laughs> and that is, I'm blaming you for that. Yeah, applying it right. How this time of wanting to speed up and get everything done for Christmas. Mm -hmm. How do we allow slow time? Absolutely, critically important. Um, thanks again for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure. I look forward to the next time. Thank you. Pleasure's mine. Thanks for listening to Renewal, the podcast of St. Francis Center for Renewal. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, and you can get more information at www.stfrancisctr.org. <laughs>